This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey everyone, I want to take a quick second to remind you all to click that follow button if you're listening on Spotify. This way you'll get notified every time a new episode is released. Now back to the story. I'd just gotten on a train a few stops earlier. It was rather empty, except for a group of men dressed in military uniforms. It wasn't an unusual sight, as many recruits used the train to get to their base, spending their weekends back home. The strange thing was that their uniforms were rid of ranks and any official insignia. They didn't smile either. They just looked at each other with firm, nervous expressions. Not that it changed anything. I had to get back home, and my stop wasn't more than half an hour away, well outside the city. I considered moving on to another train car, but I was also too stubborn to let paranoia get a proper hold of me. The train stopped, letting half a dozen people enter the train car. The doors closed once more, and the train kept moving. No sooner had we been set in motion before one of the soldiers gave the rest a simple nod. They all stood up, put on gas masks in one swift motion, and pulled weapons out of their bags. Everybody get to the ground! They yelled almost in sync as they kept their weapons pointed at each and every one of the seven passengers aboard. We all complied pretty quickly. A couple of the passengers let out horrified screams, but I was too afraid to let out even a gasp. I just threw myself down while holding my hands clearly visible, praying to any god that would listen to spare my life. Please, don't shoot, a man yelled in panic. Keep your fucking mouth shut and stay on the ground. Who are you people, a woman asked. They didn't respond. They just kept their weapons pointed at each passenger. I carefully looked up at my captor and noticed something that worried me even more than having a gun pointed at my face. The soldiers were as terrified as ourselves. Even with only their eyes visible through the masks, I could tell something had scared them half to death. Each of them trembled where they stood anxiously looking around them as if waiting for something to happen. Which one is it, Sarge? One of the soldiers asked. I don't know. The damn bastard blended in too well, the sergeant said. What do we do? The soldier asked. Just kill them all and let's get the hell out of here, another one chimed in. You shut your mouth and keep your eyes on the subjects, the sergeant shot back. They fell silent as they made sure we were all lying down. But just a moment later, one of the soldiers jolted back and screamed, It's there! As the soldier uttered those words, the train drove into a tunnel. The world outside turned pitch black, and the sound of the vibrating train echoed back and forth throughout the interior. A loud bang was heard, after which the lights inside the train turned off, leaving us in absolute darkness. Turn your damn flashlight, the sergeant tried to say before his words were replaced by agonized screams. They're not working, another screamed. They started opening fire as the rest of us lay there, frozen on the ground. One by one, the soldiers fell as they let out blood-curdling screams of pain. Something was killing them, and whatever it was, I knew it couldn't be human. 
Only a couple of the soldiers managed to evacuate the train car, escaping further back into another section and sealing the exit behind them. One of them seemed wounded, leaving a trail of blood behind him. Don't leave me! He called out to the other soldier as they fled. Once the gunfire had quieted down, the lights returned. In the wake of darkness, the true horrors that had unfolded were revealed before us. The soldiers that had held us captive only moments ago had been torn to shreds, their weapons smashed, and their bodies unrecognizable. Two of the passengers had been killed by gunshots to their torsos and necks, meaning only five of us were left standing. What, what the fuck just happened? A man in a business suit stuttered. The train stopped, still inside the tunnel. Whatever had happened, we were trapped inside with the creature that had killed the soldiers. Who cares? Whatever the thing is, killed the guards. Let's just get the train moving and escape before more of them show up, a young woman in a generic store uniform said. She had a point. As scary as the situation was, we needed to escape. Whatever the soldiers had wanted from us, they failed their mission. If anything, they'd send in a second squad to make sure none of us talked. What's your name anyway? I asked the girl. I'm, uh, Mary, an elderly man answered for her. You know each other? A homeless guy in rags asked. He was clearly inebriated, probably not even entirely aware of the situation unfolding around him. He just pointed to her uniform. It held a sign with her name on it. I'm Peter, another man in a business suit said. We're going outside, Mary shot back. Our plan was simple. Get to the back of the train and leave through the tunnel. Chances were the entire railroad had been shut down to prevent another train from crashing into us. We remained mostly quiet until we reached the back, but the door had been welded shut to prevent anything from getting outside. One of the soldiers that tried to escape bled out before even getting outside. A chunk of his chest was ripped out. In his hand was a radio. Hello? Does anybody copy? Over, a voice said from the other side. Don't answer it, Mary said. Why the fuck not? What are they going to do, scream at us until we die? Peter interjected as he grabbed the radio. Your men are dead. Let us the fuck out of here, Peter said before pausing. Oh, right. Over. You don't understand what's going on. The thing that killed them, it's among you. We can't let you out with that thing still alive. Over. What thing? There's nothing here, I said as I grabbed the radio out of Peter's hand. It looks human, but it's not. Figure out which one it is, then we'll talk. Over. They didn't respond after that, but his accusations silenced us all. For a moment, we just stood there staring at each other in disbelief as we tried to figure out who the murderer was. As the shock washed over us, the lights began to flicker once again before plunging us straight back into darkness. Just a second passed before the elderly man let out a short whimper. That was all he managed to get out before his life was taken. I backed away into a corner, fumbling around for my phone so I could use it as a flashlight. In the background, I heard people shuffling around. Fuck, 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 Peter yelled. It was no easy task to get my phone unlocked with my shaky hands, but I managed to get it working just in time to find Peter lying unconscious on the ground. Mary stood above him, her hands shaking. What happened? I asked. It was, it was the homeless guy, I swear, Mary cried out. Mary, you need to calm down. We need to stay focused if we want to get out of here alive, I replied. I looked at the floor only to find scraps of what had once been the walkie. In the commotion, it had been smashed to pieces, but the weapon was still there. I picked it up, not entirely sure how to use it. Still, some protection was better than none. Peter groaned where he lay on the ground. What happened? Something just slammed into me. Are we dead? Not yet, I mumbled. We need to find the killer. Do you know how to use a gun? They both shook their heads. Guess I'll lead the way then. There was a trail of blood on the floor, making it a fairly easy task to follow the creature. 
It had mixed with the already coagulated blood from the soldiers, filling the entire train with a heavy metallic smell that almost made me feel sick. Our trail ended just outside a toilet stall. I held my gun pointed high as I ordered that Peter pull the door open, allowing us to get a jump should the imposter be inside. He pulled and ducked out of sight, but the imposter was nowhere to be seen. Instead, the lifeless, mangled corpse of the old man just fell out. Chunks of his abdomen had gone missing as well as parts of his face. He looked terrified, and I couldn't imagine what kind of thoughts were running through his mind during his last few seconds on this earth. He's not, I started to say before I felt something wet drip onto my neck. I jumped back, pointed my rifle up towards the ceiling alongside the flashlight. There, in one of the luggage compartments, lay the lifeless body of the homeless guy. He'd been violently torn into two pieces. Even then, his body just barely fit up there. Oh God, it wasn't him. I let out in barely a whisper. I turned to Mary and Peter, pointing my gun intermittently at each of them, one at a time. It's one of you. They both backed away, holding their hands high. Please, don't do this, Mary begged. They were both equally suspicious, but I couldn't take any risks. One of them had to die if I was to live. I tried thinking back, hoping there had been any clues as to who was the monster. But as I wasted time, I heard the all too familiar sound of a telephone dying. A couple of beeps before the flashlight died, leaving us all in the familiar darkness. I jumped backwards, trying to gain as much distance as possible. Peter turned to run while Mary spun around. Her body temporarily opened up, letting three tendrils shoot out. One of them wrapped around Peter, tearing him apart in seconds, while the other just barely missed me. I blindly opened fire. Mary was too quick. She just dove out of sight, hanging herself onto the ceiling. Still, I kept shooting. One of the bullets loosened the ceiling panel she was hanging onto, making her fall directly onto me with the weapon between us. I didn't hesitate. I just fired another few rounds into her abdomen until the gun ran out of ammo. She fell silent, blood pouring onto me soaking my shirt in red liquid. She wasn't dead, but at least she was incapacitated. Whatever the case, I didn't have enough ammunition to finish the job, so I kept punching her with the butt of my rifle until she finally stopped moving. Once done, I just collapsed on the floor from a mixture of horror and exhaustion. I just lay there, staring at the massacred bodies. Though they were just strangers, we'd all shared the most horrifying moments of our lives, and only I'd gotten out alive. More soldiers promptly arrived, bringing me out as they confirmed the kill. They didn't tell me much, nor did they praise me for my work. They just made sure I was human and sent me on my way. But there was something in their eyes that let me know things were far from over. Mary, the imposter, wasn't the only of her kind. There are more of them, hiding, waiting for the perfect time to strike. They're here, among us. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to hit that follow button to get notified every time a new episode is released. Also, please take a second to leave a rating for the podcast. This is so important to help the podcast grow. Thank you.